Hello and welcome to a long-awaited brand new episode of Supernatural Entertainment System. I'm Gavin. I'm Philip. I'm Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we're back, lads. It's been a few weeks since we last recorded, so of course the country's and indeed the world's enduring a dark time. We're here to remind you that nothing is quite as dark as the recesses of hell. So enjoy your time here in the light, eh? That ought to cheer up those little SOBs. So this Enjoy this, the, the last time. thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this is the first time ever recording where we haven't all been in the same room. I hate oh it. So, you know. It is, yeah. It is. I do feel very lonely. Yeah, yeah, you look lonely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously just locked down and gone into a bunker. Yeah. Um, it, Like, first, like, two years ago. It looks it. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, we've got the video going as well, so we can, well, we can still see each other, but we cannot smell each other. I do miss your musks. We cannot smell each other. I miss 20 minutes of watching crap on the PlayStation 4. Oh, I was going to say, like, before we realise it's like half nine and we have to record a stupid fucking thing. There's still time for that. There's still time. We could could watch a few return gentlemen drinking fizzy juice. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I haven't watched Badlands Chugs in a while, actually. I need to get back on it. Who knows what he's been chugging. Well, we swore we'd only watch it together, so I haven't got a clue. I keep getting notifications on my phone, and I'm like, ah. Oh, Get behind me, <laughs> Later. Another day. A new chug. A new oh, chug. Yet uh, another chug passes me by. Another day, <laughs> another look chug. wistfully out the window. What's his um, slogan again? <laughs> uh, chugging the world one bottle at a time. One bottle at a time. Don't touch that mouse. <laughs> if this is your first episode of Supernatural Entertainment System Then you've picked an absolute screamer And I do mean screamer As you clutch your own eyelids And shriek like a cat fucking a tin can Each episode <laughs> we bring an example of a specific phenomena Based on a pre-selected theme Now can someone tell me what the theme is? Nightmare nuptials Nightmare nuptials, I love it uh, How did we get on with the, the theme? Did anyone find it particularly difficult? Or was it an easy one this time? It was easy search terms uh, research. Yeah. <laughs> it was very. I found it very difficult because anytime you type in wedding, you just get Pinterest and Etsy. And I imagine ever. your long-term living girlfriend and mother of your children just over your shoulder immediately. Like, what's he googling? Finally, what's going on, <laughs> Haunted weddings, Chris. Are you putting a ring on my finger. She, what you're building up to tonight? Like you're you're doing something that's for you know. So tonight, and she's down there waiting. <laughs> no, I didn't enter. Just a wee cushion on the ground, ready for your knee, so it doesn't get hurt. Again. A delicate, precious knee. Tiny little bullet, tiny little box with a USB st- uh, stick with Ubuntu on it. Listen, man, I, I'm not as hashy bashy as you guys jumping into That's marriage true. at the first fucking opportunity. Gav, a mere what, thirteen years? Yeah, Fuck, man, yeah, that was uh, lightweight, short amount of rushing time. in. Well, fools you know, do rush in. Fools rush in. So. Fools do rush in. I do. That's one of my favourite ever, like, snide things to happen at a wedding, where, uh, apart from when my mum ruined mine, um, was <laughs> uh, my cousin Donald getting married, and they'd not known each other that long. And I remember my auntie, like, that song came on, like, wise men say, only fools rush in. And my aunt's like, very true. <laughs> and, like, the whole place just stared at her. <laughs> like, good on you, auntie, for being just a snidey cunt. <laughs> she knew, though. Yep. Um, so we all each have a story, each have a supernatural story to tell, and once each of us has vomited their verbiage, uh, we'll pit each of our tales against the patented supernatural entertainment system, Pentacle System. Now you're probably asking, what is the Pentacle System? What is the Pentacle System, Gavin? Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Pentacle System is a patented five prong. Five prong. <laughs> yes. It has got five prongs. Right, five prawns. <laughs> five prawns. Right. This is how it starts. It becomes uh-huh. five prawns. This, this is it. It's a five it's prawn. Five prawns, prawns, how did we start using five prawns five again? Prawns. It's the five prawns. prawns. It's the five prawns. Those garlic the first prawns. Prawn. prawn cocktail yeah, crisps. Garlic prawns. Prawn cocktail crisps. <laughs> well, like is, of course, shrimp. Skips. Of course, <laughs> which are different. The wild card, <laughs> shrimp. So, okay, so, yeah, it's a five prong point system. We use that to determine which beast is best. And they are as follows, and you do well to remember that we're all fancy businessmen who don't repeat ourselves, so get your head out of the fucking bin and listen up. First up is physical strength. Now, you'll, you'll know yourself how difficult it can be to exercise if you haven't warmed up, or especially if you're not used to it. I myself did two minutes of squats a week ago and felt like shit for days. I don't have any <laughs> physical strength. 
So when imagining this category, just simply think the opposite of me, aka a worm. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, of course, murderousness. Now, a wise man once said, after my head has been chopped off, will I still be able to hear, at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from my neck? That would be the best pleasure to end all pleasure. Not my words, folks, but the words of Peter Curtin, a.k.a. the Vampire of Dusseldorf. He killed seven people and attacked many more. He drank the blood of at least one of his victims and was executed by Madame Guillotine in 1931. Murderousness is about killing as many people as you can, and this guy, he gets it. (laughs) Next up is influence. Now imagine stealing a purse so hard that you killed the son of God. That was Barabbas, ladies and gentlemen, and his name is rung down the ages because of influence. Love it. And of course, Chris last. <laughs> of course, disgustory. Taking a big bucket of rat piss and just dunking your toast in it. <laughs> that, that's more or less disgustory. Ugh. Don't like that. It's Smart. pretty, it's pretty disgusting, to be honest. Don't like it. And of course there is the wa 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 wild card. Which is, uh, uh, well, the wild card is essentially that. It can either help or hinder your beast. Uh, it's a special thing. Chris, do you have your patented black sack over there? How are we going to do the black sack remotely? Well, it's something that you keep on you at all times. So yeah. just thought you naturally, could. Out of naturally. frame, I would say. Out of frame. <laughs> yes, don't, yes, don't show it on the Zoom call, please. Because <laughs> we are recording this. Who knows what we'll do with the footage. Let me stick my hand in and have a look. And today... It is crispest hair. Crispest hair. Crispest. Yes, who has the crispest, crispest hair? What, what kind of hair? The crispest. The crispest hair, okay. The, yeah, the like, most crisp. Deep and crisp and even. Interesting. Yes. No, Gavin. Deep Maybe and they use a lot of gel. Deep and crisp and even something Maybe different. it's just flaky. Or deep and crisp <laughs> and evil. Ooh. Our next episode. <laughs> yes, let's definitely do that for the next episode. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, we're going to get into the the meat and potatoes, Batman's dinner, pretty soon. But before we do that, it's been we've been away for a while. So, should we step into Christmas with some news? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. We no. all agree. No. No. Thank you. Yeah. No. And we're back. And it has been a while, boys, so there must be an abundance of supernatural news out there. I'm happy mm. to get started mm-hmm. if you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy fine. for you to get started. I'm going to jump Please right fill. in there. Start. I um, want to give you a quick update that I've called Yuri Geller's Soapy Titwank. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. And after a quick mm-hmm. visit to Yuri Geller's website to troll for a pathetic news article to fill five minutes of an unpopular podcast, I found out three things i'm still gesturing towards the camera even though i've switched off uh (laughs) number one yuri still plans to open his massive ego museum in may 2020 he's not put that off yet despite everything that's going on in the world good two he does not check or maintain his website often enough to present to prevent this poor sap from getting excited about the possibility of owning some original uri artwork Mm -hmm. only to be crushed by a flurry of dead links and 404s oh and number three, on the museum information page on Yuri's website, he mentions that further products will soon become available, including, mm. and get this, a range of soaps. Oh. <laughs> now, this caught my eye, as you can imagine. Why? Oh, I yeah. hear you ask. Why? Why? Well, what does the CIA-endorsed former Mossad agent and most powerful mind on the planet have to do with soap making? It turns out that when he was developing the site of his new museum in Jaffa, Israel, uh, Geller got a funny feeling about the site when he was wandering about it. And he says that he intuitively said, felt that something was hidden under a pile of detritus on the construction site. And it turned out, as always, he was correct. Finding the remains of a 19th century soap factory. <laughs> complete with underground vaults, mixing troughs, water cisterns, and a large cauldron. And after he unearthed this find using his mind, not the team of construction workers strip mining the land for the sole purposes of massaging his massive ego, that of a psychopath. After he unearthed this find, (laughs) he also found out that he's in fact very interested in soap, soap making, (laughs) and soap making equipment. 
enough to incorporate this into his alleged personality and therefore the museum dedicated to that personality. And I felt that only time would tell if Geller was able to clean up with this idea or will he be left trying to scrub the shite from under his fingernails once again? <laughs> time will tell. Time will, time will, time tell. will tell. It's a beautiful piece of urine. Yuri's still at it, I man. love... Lush. He is Lush still at it. He's always at it. He's always on it. Have you been what? on Yuri Geller's Twitter recently? No, what's he up to now? Is he still fucking haranguing ex-rock stars and planes? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's recently moved as... Uh, one of the centerpieces of his museum into the museum, which is a, a giant Cadillac that is em, emblazoned with 2,000, I think, bent spoons and forks Oof. and signed by various celebrities. And he's also Shit. getting over the whole COVID thing by just dancing on his roof. <laughs> he's got and having an, an army of servants to wash everything he buys. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. Yuri News. Who's next? Uh, I'd love what? to hear from uh, a simple Jerak, a simple tailor. Me? A simple tailor. Well, boys, please tell have us. I got news for you? Mm. Do you? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember the band Erasure? Oh, yeah. Fuck, they were big yes. in the 80s and did a good line in stonewashed denim and very tight and very white t-shirts. Mm. Well, Erasure's frontman, mm. Andy Bell, has claimed that he refused to have sex with an alien because he is gay. Now, as reported in the Daily Star, Andy B claimed that Back in March, while out walking in the countryside near his home, spaceships and flying angels appeared in the sky, and they offered him the chance to have sex with a, quote, one-tentacled alien. Fuck yeah. <laughs> one, one tentacle. Te- that's just, that sounds like a body. Tentacles. Now, in a, <laughs> like a, body, in a yeah. move now known as the bell curve, Andy Bell decided to refuse the request because, in his words, aliens are all sexualities, and yeah. he didn't want to be with a woman. Bell said, one of the angels asked whether I would like to experience what it would be like to make love to an alien. But I just thought, no. I just thought, I'm not quite ready for it yet. Because they are all sexualities all together, all mixed up. And they've got like one tentacle. (laughs) The thing that stopped me from doing it is because I say that I'm gay. And their sexual experience is neither gay nor straight, female nor male. It's all mixed up together. I didn't want to go with a woman. That's just how I am. (laughs) <laughs> so there's the lesson from Andy up, Bell man. Andy Bell turned down sex with an alien which is his right which well there's not, not, on not, the, not on wrong the off chance one of them was a woman <laughs> this one tentacle you should just wasn't that's a, a really snake. narrow-minded man I mean I don't know if they I mean if they're one tentacle they don't to me sound like like Star Trek babes yeah there's not an obvious yeah. like no, oh that's that's just one of us but in the green skin yeah like, that's a bit odd I think uh I try to try to think of like if it was just is he saying that they are the aliens were simply one tentacle? Yeah, it's a day or they had one tentacle style scenario here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that, that brings out a lot of like yeah. latent fetishes from my youth. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. So what you're saying is, Gavin, in your yeah, position, yeah, you would say yeah. yes. Yes, I'll fuck the tentacle. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying he should say yes. I'm just saying it's a weird reason to say no. Yeah. Well, very weird. Yeah. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, so gotta love ass, eh? You gotta really love ass to be like, you know what? You gotta love ass. Yeah, not, e- mean... not even experiencing sexual bliss with an extraterrestrial creature is going to be better. So I'm, I'm no, I'm not interested. Is this? Yeah, I've got ice cream the, in the house. It's not. It's not the. It's not that I'm gay. So does it have dong? <laughs> no. That's not the what he's he's after. It's like I'm gay. I cannot have sex with it if it may have vag. <laughs> What percentage it's a very of this tentacle? Strange reasoning. Or he's, or he's got get, far let's... ahead. Like you can imagine, like he's he's put himself in that position, thinking, "Oh, I don't want to get regret midway through it. I'll mm. I'll do that mm. thinking up front." Mm. You know no, I'm in it now. I, I'm with him. Yeah, I flipped right. I, originally, I was against it. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Phil the ghost fucker is uh-huh. with Andy Bell in this one. Phil, <laughs> I'm continue. The ghost fucker. Yeah. At least you know what you're getting with a ghost. <laughs> An alien? You don't know, do you? You don't know. That's the that's the mystery. That's the the muscle and the mystery of love. <laughs> You've got muscle to... and mystery is a good name for a muscle and mystery. Okay, I'm moving on because this is the internet territory that will come back to haunt us in six months. Uh, it's been so long since we last recorded, folks. It would be remiss of us to avoid paying respectful tribute to a titan of the supernatural world. 
one Derek Acora <gasps> who snuffed his lid yes. on the fourth of January this year. All right, Derek became R.I.P. Uh, Derek became famous through various television appearances, most notably the hit show Most Haunted, mm-hmm. where he was one of the main conduits mm-hmm. to the spirit world alongside presenter Yvette Fielding. After being ousted from the show for talking shite, <laughs> he drifted from channel to channel, even appearing in a live seance to contact the spirit of Michael Jackson, which was rated as the worst television show of 2009. <laughs> in 2012, he's told a newspaper he received a message through the spirit guide Sam from Madeline McCann, who told him that she died a while, ba- a while back and she'd be reincarnated soon, so stop looking for her. Uh, this caused so much media backlash that he was forced to issue a public apology. Uh, Akora's wife Gwen confirmed that the psychic traded his knuckles in for dirt after a bout of pneumonia, which led to sepsis. So I think, despite our misgivings about the fella, we wish him well in the afterlife. He's is finally with say, Sam Liz? now. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yes. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. He's earned okay. it. He's earned his rest. Well, now that everyone again is obsessed with being fair, uh, does anyone want to do one final Derek Akora chicken pakora joke? <laughs> No, I. The time has passed for Seems that. Pretty petty <laughs> Should now, we play it? Amazing Grace as we do? Pretty bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it seems pretty petty. So, but speaking of which, Chris, do you have some news? I do have some news, and this is a bit of independent research oh that my. I've done. Um, now, of course, anyone who knows anything about Mothmen knows that to see a Mothman is an omen of a major event. Mm-hmm. So. I was thinking, you know, we're living in the middle of a major event at the moment. It, Has there been any sightings of the Mothman just before this? Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, that's good so, thinking, yeah. Chris. I like your... So, I changed my Google search, put in some, some date terms. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> no. There was, there was oh, one the, sighting. Oh, that's the news. Of... <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Name off, man. A witness says he saw a winged cryptid on November the 26th, 2019, at approximately half six, if that makes any difference to you. I was at the airport picking up a load at Nippon. I was already backed into the dock and standing away from the truck smoking a cigarette while they loaded my truck. I was looking towards the runways in the direction of the tunnel, um, and that's when I noticed something that looked like a large bird standing just outside the fence by the parking lot. It was not hard to miss because two street lamps were nearby and it looked like a person with wings. They stretched the wings out and started flapping. It was walking away from the fence towards the open field and it disappeared. Fucking classic Mothman. Looked like, a, looked like Big Bird. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, it's a Mothman. It's it like a big fucking it's a, bird. It's a Mothman. Um, yeah. So it sounds like there's no one else around to corroborate collaborate corroborate corroborate um and yeah he's essentially um has seen this mothman and it's an omen but the, this guy's actually seen a mothman before oh. i don't know whether it was the oh. same mothman a different mothman we're not 100 percent sure the trucker also says that when he back home in mexico he once saw a large black-winged beast circling an open field that him and his pals were playing fives in he says that the flying critter circled the field before unleashing a loud screeching noise and then flew off into the surrounding forest. Shit. The witness doesn't remember the exact date of the sighting, but claims that a large earthquake happened a week later in Mexico City. Oh, um, and the the article that I've got confirms that there was magnitude 8 earthquake um, on September the 19th, um, 1985. So there we have it. Oh. A fucking mothman Proof rears up his head. So that and boom. that uh, sighting that synced up with your records, then yeah, it does. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's yes, cool. It does. Now, what's the possibility? Well, that, that... There was a lot of rumours floating about that the whole virus outbreak came from folk eating bats. Have you considered that they ate the Mothman, and that's why you haven't seen them? <laughs> yes, that could be the case. That Easily could be the, could case, be the case. I've been looking. I've been phoning him. He's no been answering. <laughs> Who you knows, man? Uh, you so you just leave Mothman? a light on from him. <laughs> you think that if they if they caught the Mothman and said we're going to cut his body up for sale, mm. Uh, mm. you would eat a Mothman steak? Yes, <laughs> I would like a. <laughs> yes, I would. I would like a jacket made of his wings, a nice little leather jacket mm, made of moth Mothman wings. Chris, think of the cost. So let's well, move on. To what, ha- what has it cost us? <laughs> 
What cost fashion? Yeah. Yes, that's true. About two minutes. Um, well, I, I feel reasonably <laughs> caught up with the goings on in the world. Uh, I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, I'm well caught up. Don't know about so, you. So, so, so. Um, so let's go on to the, the meat and potatoes of the show where we pit beast against beast. Uh, let's, do I just take like a wee quick break and then we'll come back and do it? Let's do that. Let's, let's have a break. Do that. And we're back. What are we back for? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Why did we return? Nobody cares. <laughs> but it's now time for us to get to the meat and potatoes, the main event. We need to take each of our beasts, explain what the hell they are, what the hell they do, and why the hell they do that, um, and use the patented pentacle system to pit each one against each other to find a winner before we declare that that winner is finally real, and then we set it loose. Used to be in Cuthcart, Mm -hmm. but now... Who knows? Just wherever the fuck we are. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe the first... Who knows? uh... Need a station for the internet, like whoever's the closest to a. Definitely not me. I definitely know you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, who would like to go first in this and telling their tale? I Philip looks I, keen. I, I, yeah, I can go first. I'm more than happy to, boys. So, what was the theme again? It was nightmare nuptials. Nightmare nuptials. Let me take you boys on an adventure to Japan. Yes, please. Oiwa was married to a young, handsome samurai named Imon. Love once blossomed between the two, but over time, this love faded, leaving only bitterness and resentment. Oiwa stood by her husband until she learned that he had turned to thievery. <gasps> she made up her mind to leave him and to return to her family home. I need to speak quicker, because this is a fucking long one. <laughs> <laughs> when Imon came home after a hard day's thieving to find the home empty, he took off after his wife only to be confronted by her father. Iowa's father knew that Emon's fall from grace and demanded that Emon divorce his daughter immediately. Emon refused, drew his sword, and murdered the father. <gasps> no. Oofed. Emon uh, continued onwards towards his wife, told her that a stranger killed her old man and that he would not stop until he'd avenged her, his death. Swamped with emotion Deception. and no other family to run home to, Iowa and Iwa reconciled their marriage and moved back in together again. Always good. Sometime later, Iwa became pregnant and bore Imon a son. Times were hard, and Imon was rubbish at being both a samurai and a thief. Iwa herself fell sickly following the birth of their child, and Imon grew bored. In the house next to theirs lived a rich doctor and his beautiful granddaughter, Umi. Umi was instantly attracted to Imon and wished to marry him. The doctor loved his granddaughter and wanted to grant her her every wish. Imon and the doctor conspired to get rid of Oiwa to free Imon up for marriage number two. This is more oh. difficult because every time it says Imon on my text, it looks like it says lemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's dyslexia. <laughs> so anyway, the doctor prescribed an ointment for Oiwa to help her get through her sickness, but it turns out it was in fact poison. Oof. Imon, being a useless prick, got the dosage wrong and instead of killing her, just left her horribly disfigured. Oh. <laughs> this in turn made Emon even angrier, raging with both himself and now his ugly and sickly wife. Emon needed a legitimate reason to divorce his wife to free him up for the daughter's granddaughter next door and wasn't ready to give up just quite yet. He paid some local scumbag to break into his house and assault his wife. Then he could divorce her due to her infidelity. The scumbag was so revulsed by her appearance that he couldn't go through with it. And instead, he chose her to show her a mirror. Oila looked at herself and was so disgusted by her own appearance, she tried to cover her face with her hair, but it only fell out in bloody clumps. Oila reached for a blade and stabbed herself in the throat. Oila's body was then discovered by Iwan's manservant. The manservant became suspicious to Iwan's reaction of just laughing, rubbing his hands together, and inquiring about the whereabouts and reusability of Oila's wedding ring. Noticing That's the- cold, man. That's cold. <laughs> He was a shitbag. Ice cold. <laughs> We're nearly there, boys. We're nearly there. Noticing the manservant's suspicion, Imon saw an opportunity. He murdered the servant, told everyone that Oiwa and the servant were having an affair, nailed the pair of their bodies to a door, and threw that door into a river. <laughs> Fucking tidy. That, is, that tidy. wraps things up in a nice little bowl. It's not quite done yet, Chris. Sorry. Okay. 
Emo is finally free to marry Umi next door. The wedding was scheduled for the very next month. The bride walked down the aisle accompanied by her grandfather. He was presented to Emon, who gently lifted her veil, revealing the contorted face of his dead wife. No! Emon shrieked and drew his blade, striking the corpse down. Only it was no longer Oiwa, but the beautiful young Umi, now deed. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, boss. <laughs> he turned to the girl's grandfather in shock, but only found his old manservant staring back at him again. Again, he lashed out with his blade. Yo! And the grandfather fell to the ground. Oiman was so fucked up by this that he fled the scene immediately, but he was only followed by his ghost, appearing in every lantern that he passed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually fled to the mountains to live in solitude, but Oiwa followed him even there. Eventually, Emon was unable to tell Nightmare from reality and descended into madness. Same season, man. There you go. And Mag- not to That's persuade true. anybody about one of the categories that's going to come up later on, but that is pretty much the story that is behind the grudge and ring. <laughs> so oh. I can beat that. Wow. Listen, the hats um, are the also, best of us. Uh, <laughs> is it true that in Japan, when they said to him, to Amon, uh, did you kill her? Did you, man? <laughs> did you turn monsters? Uh, it, it created a popular franchise. <laughs> did you, Amon? Do you like that? I gave it a lovely westernized version of a wedding as well, which is obviously not what happened to her. There's a lot of walking you, because... down the aisle, lifting veils. Yeah, I know from I watching would... James Bond that that's not how yeah. a Japanese wedding goes down at all. Recently, is it is it Doctor No? Is that the one I'm thinking of? <laughs> I've watched that recently. That was very good. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed the Jerry ten, like the ten minutes where he was getting plastic surgery. You're like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. Oh, it's gonna be mm. so bad. And he's just got a Spock haircut. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's really, it really is the worst. Oh, speaking of which, a bit off topic, but uh, Phil, yeah, have you seen the? The trailer for the next Jerry Seinfeld special on Netflix. I haven't, no. It is made exactly for you. I can't imagine anything that is more Philip Madison than this trailer. Okay. Like just, just I mean, I won't even know what you want to say anymore. Uh, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Everyone at home, obviously, we're all winking, nodding along because we all know it. Mm. Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch after this. I will point out, Jerry, it was you only lived twice. Shit. <laughs> you fucking chump. Ah, fuck it. Who would like to go next? I will go next. I shall go well, next. Well, I'll be oh! just by waiting. Let me choose. Not Let Chris. me choose because I've done mine. Well, I, I I think Chris should go for it. I think Chris should. That's nothing to do with you. It's not your choice. I think it's Phil's choice. Philip should choose. Phil, Jerry will there. go next. Philip should choose. <laughs> the quivering hand. That's really really disturbing. <laughs> right, so I'm gonna talk about the wedding of Maria Vittoria Del Pazzo, who I've just decided that's how I'm gonna pronounce her surname. That's the way it has, has anyone here been to the Suave Sav, the Savoy nightclub in Sucky Hall Street? Well, I have. Not recently. I went as a 23-year-old to someone's 30th birthday party, and I remember thinking, if that's what 30 is like, then fucking bury me at 29 and a half. <laughs> now look at me, I'm 38 and reading made-up shit into a microphone on a conference call while the plague chaps on all our doors. You know, the sweet life. <laughs> now whilst I was prying my shoes off the carpet back in the Sav, little did I know that the place was named after the House of Savoy, an Italian noble family who unified the Kingdom of Italy and ruled it until something happened in 1945. Now some say the curse that ended their dynasty wasn't the Italians' desire for freedom for fa- from fascism, but was an actual curse made by a member of the Savoy family themselves, quite literally the pall came from inside the house. <laughs> So back before the wheels that came off her, when the family was flying high, one of their number, a prince, Amadeus, the Duke of Aostum, fell in love with a lovely lass slash princess called Maria Vittorio del Pozzo. Now Maria was a forward girl and proposed to the prince using a phrase that translates from the oldie Italian as make me like stone, Amadeus. Yes. A phrase now made famous by this very moment. Now, unfortunately, the proposal didn't go well, prompting the curse to be cast by a dirty old bass. Amadeus's dad was livid, to say the least, that his son had accepted a proposal from that wee torag, Maria Vittorio del Pozzo. Amadeus Sr. cast the die, and the stage was set for the end of the Savoys and their peaceful reign of Italy in 1945. On the morning of the wedding, the woman who had made the beautiful bridal gown for Maria was found cold as muck, hung by the neck, and dead as fuck. <laughs> Now, Maria wasn't superstitious, not yet at least, but this was uh, still what is called in the business a bad omen. 
so she immediately picked a different dress, this time from Argos, to get there sharp for the service. With the tag still flapping off the wee bit at the back of her neck, she was escorted in the bridal procession to the palace for the wedding. With dozens of ladies in waiting and men and horses, it really looked the business. Unfortunately, the strapping young lad wrangling the horse at the front of the line clutched his chest and fell his height, stiff as a board and dead as shite. Not letting the small matter of two mysterious deaths dissuade her from her big day, Maria insisted the parade continue to the palace. When they got there, the gates were locked in what can only be described as a bad metaphor. Screaming for them to be opened, some wee Bensons were sent scurrying to look for the groundskeeper. They found him alright, expired in a massive puddle of blood, pale as milk and cold as mud. <laughs> the ceremony went well though. It was beautiful. You should have seen it. Ah, oh, she looked lovely, so she did. On the way out of the palace though, the best man shot himself in the head. This prompted the happy, blessed couple to decide to rush to the train to get away from it all before anything else bad happened. However, the fun wasn't over as en route to the station they were told that the official in charge of the marriage paperwork had died of a heart attack upon seeing the body of the best man. Anyway, finally securing their plush compartment in first class, Maria probably nestled into her husband's side, a moment of bliss descending on the couple who were alone and free from the horror of the day at last, free to be man and wife. So the whistle blew and the train chugged forward, followed by a crunch and screaming. Unfortunately, the station master had fallen onto the rails. Poor Amadeus and Maria. They had a good 10 years of it until Maria died aged 30. The same age of the woman in Savoy that fateful night in my early 20s. <laughs> Who cares? That was the marriage of Maria Vittorio del Pozzo. Jeez. Rough, rough chuckles all around. Yeah. I left an extra Good death rhyme. out because I felt it added uh, an air of unbelievability to the story. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, but uh, do you know what yeah. I need after all that? Mm. Just a wee bit of fun. That? Just a wee bit of fun to break it up. A, a wee, wee bit, bit of fun. fun. Lighten the mood. A wee bit of fun. Lighten the mood. A wee bit of fun. Um, I mean, we've had a really high body count so far, so let's let's add some just, just a wee bit of fun. Okay. okay. I, I mean, I'm happy to try and lighten the lighten your load, <laughs> if you would. <laughs> Share Please the load. That's okay. <laughs> Lighten that load. Okay. <laughs> Thought I'd have a bit of fun. You know, <laughs> marriage. <laughs> marriage is what brings us together. <laughs> uh, today. Now, nearly all the Quadratic Brotherhood is tightly bound into the straitjacket of marriage. Not in a bad way. Crystal, he's not married. <laughs> he's got it all except that ring on the finger. And it got me thinking. Could he remain unmarried because he's in love with one of us? <laughs> I started to whittle down the suspects. It couldn't be me, his oldest friend, because that would be a huge betrayal. Fel's got the kids, you know, he wouldn't want to break up a family. So that only leaves our own Jerry Maguire. Now, before Jerry balks at the idea of entering into a union with Chris, maybe we should let science decide if you're more than friends. <laughs> I've got 10 questions here from marriage.com, so you know it's legit. And I need you both to agree on an answer before you know you get to before I submit this next one. Okay, so I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you both got to agree on an answer before we proceed. Okay. 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 Got that. Okay. Understood. Okay. Question one: Have you ever kissed your friend on the lips? I don't think we no. have, have we? No. So we've got yes. No. no, no. Never. No, just the cheeks. <laughs> or not yet. I think. Oh. Well, the promise. <laughs> never say never. I yeah, mean, I mean technically on. not yet, is correct. No, yeah. not, 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 not yet. Then. Not yet, Chris. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Okay. Uh, have you ever been confronted by <clears throat> any of your lovers? So we've got yes. Uh, none of you has a lover. No, your friend's lover is your good friend. Or no, never. So best. What? Have you been accosted <laughs> by one of your exes? In what way? Never... Oh, fuck. The, 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 there's extra context on the bottom of this question from marriage.com. Here, what, here's what no, we mean by never been, never been accosted. No, never been accosted. Have you been accosted, Chris? Has an ex ever chased like you in a motor down a road? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Uh, do you share the same bed, even though you claim nothing ever happens between you two? So we've got yes. Only those, no, three, only those three times. Sometimes. <laughs> and no, you sleep in separate beds. Sometimes. I, say, I say no sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes, because you, you have done it. We, we have. Shared the bed. Spent three wonderful nights. Oh, three wonderful nights. Three passionate, great sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking great sleeps? <laughs> great sleeps. Honestly. Yeah, boys, uh, right. Question we get it. Four. I know, we get it. It's like, <laughs> Phil still hasn't uh, caught. You... No, sorry, it was Gav. Gav still hasn't caught. <laughs> do you sometimes sleep over at each other's houses? 
So we've got yes, often, no, rarely, or no, but you wish to. True. I wouldn't mind a wee sleepover. Yeah. I mean, Chris has got a bed in his house. Yeah. So, yeah, would expensive house. Your flat's <laughs> expensive. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overpriced a bit tacky now do you get mad when your friend doesn't come to see you so we've got yes I get mad all the time no it doesn't matter sometimes or not really sometimes, sometimes. yeah I'd say sometimes sometimes, sometimes. okay we're all over halfway there lads are you jealous of each other's relationships but yes sometimes Absolutely. not really or no no I'm, I respect Chris's relationships but I'm not jealous of him. oh god no I'm not jealous of his relationship not, no no. I'm a little jealous of Paula I mean come on. <laughs> so sometimes Jelly, Jerry's uh, talons raking down your back. You've got to imagine that. Will we compromise with sometimes then? For, for the sake of entertainment, yeah. let's go sometimes. <laughs> this is your future we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, do you control your friend a bit too much? Yes, Chris, and they like it. I'll answer this. That one. <laughs> uh, sometimes. No, you don't need to. Or no, why would you? No, I don't need to. No, you don't, don't need, need to. You'll do what you say. He already does what I want. Okay. Without me even wanting it. Before you know. Oh, uh, that's good. That's sensual. That kind of got me a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Put the blood in it a wee bit. <laughs> Question eight: Are you possessive of your friend? Yes, very much. A little bit. Sometimes or no. 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 Okay. Yeah. Have you ever had sex with your friend before? <laughs> yes. Jerry, no. Yes, just caresses. No, or can't happen ever. <laughs> just caresses is good. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no, no, but not never. Okay. I mean, who knows? Who knows yeah, what the future know. holds? Now, the last one is a bit of a. Who knows what the future extra... cups? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you wish to take your relationship to the next level? Yes, you'd love to. Yes, but your friend is in a relationship already. No, you can't ever dream of doing that. Or no, you're happy just being best friends. Happy just being best friends. I would agree with that, yeah. Fuck's sake. Okay, your results are you are Ross Geller. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What's the scale Uh, though? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People presume you're in love, but you're just good friends. People think that you're lovers, but you're just best buddies. It's just that you spend so much time together, watch movies together, commute together, and have similar interests. So people tend to speculate the two of you are more than friends. You both know it's just pure friendship and nothing more. So don't worry about what people think of you. Go on and enjoy your bond and live your life. Yeah, don't let society tell us how to be. I quite like the the pure friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pure, uncut, untainted uncut friendship. friendship. <laughs> uncut friendship. Just because he's happy to do... Pharmaceutical grade friendship. He's do everything together. Yeah. Well, we know. Prescription mm-hmm. grade mm-hmm. friendship. That was, quite, that was quite wholesome. I quite like that. Yeah, I thought that was just nice, wasn't it? Was good. I think because obviously you two don't get on that well, I thought let's try and you know, love can build a bridge, as the song goes. Yep. Let's build bridges. Yeah, we need to do more workouts together. That'll sort of get Nash the bridges. that'll get simpatico. Get our cycles in oh. sync. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh that sweat. Don't. Yeah. <gasps> um all right, that's enough fun. <laughs> Back to the podcast. Fun. <laughs> yeah, fuck. And we're back. I'm so sick of fun. So let's find out what other two stories we have to talk about. Guys, who's up next? I shall go next. And let me tell you about the haunted wedding dress. (laughs) Now, imagine it's 1849. Bummer, right? (laughs) Now, imagine that you're a woman. Shit's even worse for you. First Telegraph was only sent five years ago. Slavery's still going on, so that's pretty bad. But you're white. And you're rich, so that's pretty cool. But your dad's a dick. (laughs) The distinction between coats and jackets has yet to begin to blur. That's 10 years away. It's 1849, not 1859. If you say coat when you mean jacket, people just won't understand what you mean or they'll laugh at you in your simple, idiotic ways. It's a pretty bad situation all around and that's the world that Anna Baker was born into. Her dad, who I've mentioned, is a dick is a local magnet of industry and runs some furnaces, which makes him very wealthy. Because in 1849, making big fires is still a cool and useful thing to do, rather than just a niche that's only really useful for 5G conspiracy theorists. <laughs> when Anna fell hopelessly in love with a local seal worker, her stubborn father forbid the ma- marriage. So Anna decided to fight fire with fire and be equally as stubborn 
and basically just ignored every single suitor that her father brought round. Eventually, um, the father passed away. He was very stubborn, so he lived a long time. Um, and by that time, it was far too late and her true love was gone. And Anna lived out her days alone and very, very angry. The servants of the household would sometimes see Anna wearing her wedding dress and dancing under the moonlight. Anna reportedly died old and very bitter in 1914. And I've got to say, I like at this point the absolute bitter energy she has. Il <laughs> dick of a da, wheeling in rich, handsome, powerful studs, bulls, if you will, for her to marry, and she's like, well, I fuck. <laughs> um, sometime later, the, the mansion was transformed into a museum, and her wedding dress was put in a glass display case. Um, visitors to the museum have constantly reported seeing a woman's image looking back at them when they stare at the glass. Um, and it's as if Anna is still wearing the wedding dress after she's died. Visitors to the museum also report that they can see the wedding dress sway from side to side within the glass case, which of course is glass and sealed, so there's no wind window. <laughs> which of course like is that. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> which is of course is bullshit. But from time to time, the visitors would tell tour guides that they've also seen a woman dancing while wearing a wedding dress round about various places of the estate. So I give you the haunted wedding dress. <gasps> Fuck. Is that all true? It's all true. Every single word of it. Crap and a cracker, Every man. single word of it. No way. Incredible, isn't it? That's incredible to think. I mean, it doesn't have the body count, right, that <laughs> your guys does, or say, the disgustery, or any of those other pentacle factors, but I think it's a better mm. story. Mm. And that mm. is that is what really yeah. matters. Here. How was the, the hair? How, how was the hair? I was going to ask. I mean, I feel like the hair was maybe an opportunity here. It could be. I don't, I don't know how crispy her hair <gasps> is. I just realised something about my mm. one when in regards to the little pentacle system. Okay, um, bald as a coat. Oh, dead excited now. Oh. Oh, can I go next? Can I go next? <laughs> and of course, Gavin <laughs> last as fucking usual. As fucking pale. As pale. Merga Bean was a well-to-do heiress who was born in the German city of Fulda in 1560. It was a relatively peaceful time in the region, but despite this, Merga found herself a widow twice over, packing away a tidy sum for each of her bereft of life bridegrooms. She had been pretty well known around, her, around town for her looks, with her mysterious allure and having a spare crudely minted coin or two. Ah, it was all going her way. And she even met husband number three, uh, Blasius Bean, in 1588, and soon moved from the city. Unfortunately, Merga would enter into a dispute with her new husband's employer and was sent back to Fulda after 14 happy years. Nothing suspicious about that, you're probably saying. And that's because, and don't take this the wrong way, reader, you simply lack the instincts for a story that we have on this show. That's why you're listening to us, and we're not listening to whatever you'd call your fucking podcast, like Spectre Listen or something like that. <laughs> Merga was a little miffed at her exile, but she was back home and, as usual, enjoyed the notoriety that her beauty, mystique and fat stacks brought her. Yes, Fulda truly was a great place to live in. I mean, apart from the stories of local women being involved in witchcraft, but <laughs> nobody believes in any of that. The stories were exactly that. Stories told to children by exactly that. Other children. But in a historically one-off case of a religious zealot achieving political power and ruining things with his backwards ideas and bigotry, the new Prince Abbot Balthazar von Dernbach came to power in 1602 and called for an investigation into stories of witchcraft in the region indeed stirring the pot for those who are stirring the cauldron. But soon afterwards, a single woman who stood out from the crowd, Merga was soon arrested and accused of being a witch. Can you believe that, lads? I can't believe that. No. I mean, I, I can't, can't, I can't believe it. That's a sad thing. Mm, aye, that's it, isn't it? Uh, officials looked at her history and raised an eyebrow, seeing two dead husbands in her wake. Such a history could only mean thaumaturgy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Merga's new husband travelled quickly on hearing this news and pleaded for his uh, pleaded her case to the court, pointing out that Merga was now pregnant and a bid to show them leniency. The court's uh, judgment was swift and brutal. The couple were childless for 14 years, and now in her time of desperation, she's suddenly pregnant? Nah, mate, not having it. That nah, child can only yep. be the spawn of Satan's own bedeviled boner. <laughs> but she was found out. <laughs> Megan Merga was furious, and in a rage, she laid it all on the table. She was a witch! Indeed, only recently she'd taken part in a Sabbath of Satan, where she was it's... wed to the Prince of Darkness himself, <gasps> who did come inside me with no rubber or stud glove, as court records indicated. <laughs> a damned bride of Satan would be bad enough, 
But Merga continued to admit that she had killed her previous husband, her second husband's children, and one of her current husband's employer's children. An absolute cacophony of conjuration, which ended up with only one possible judgement. Death. Merga was burnt at the stake in the autumn of 1603. During her local fame, uh, it caused a big stir, and she remains one of Germany's most famous witches. Several books and one pretty well-known German musical have been written on the subject, keeping Fulda's saddest tale alive. Still, she managed to hide her evil ways from the German authorities for a long time, with one of them saying, She could have fooled a me. <laughs> yeah? No bad, eh, Jerry? Very good story, man. Jerry, you're obviously you're the, you're the, the, the kind of more learned, uh, wordy one of yeah, the groups. Yeah, so I, you, I, like, I, you likely thought that was really good, then. Yeah, 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 it was perfect. It's was, just your face was just... No, it was, that, was a, that was a compression error. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Okay, that's good. Phew. Compassion error? Uh, must have just been... Just... <laughs> <laughs> His face is fucking tripping him. Oh, fucking parry error, man. <laughs> um, now, with, all of those, with that all being said, we now have four of our beasts locked up into their paddocks, whinnying with their hooves sore and inflamed, ready to race through the pentacle system. So... Uh, <laughs> let's go away and deliberate and then we'll come back and we'll see who won each of those categories love it we'll go, go and come back and see who we liberate yes we'll go debate see who we liberate yeah yeah we've got it we've yeah. got it <laughs> <laughs> physical strength with a wedding party of hunters of strapping young Italians, the wedding of Maria Vittorio del Pozzo takes physical strength. Madrasness. With five confirmed kills and one I didn't include as it was too ridiculous, the wedding of Maria Vittorio del Pozzo takes murderousness. Influence. Oiwa wins, the most famous of all Japanese ghosts, the inspiration for the the grudge and for the the, the ring. Oiwa. More like, oh yeah, big dirty bastard. <laughs> Disgustery. Where have you been when this? Because she got uh, set in fire and she was fucking bogging after it as well. Um. Uh. uh. Whoa, 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 wild card. Now, obviously, Mergabin got. Uh, burnt alive, so she does have the crispiest hair. Um, <laughs> it's horrible, actually. Now I thought that'd be quite a funny thing, Link, but it's not. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Then crispy man. Uh, horrible histories. <laughs> okay, so with that, we do looking at the the scores. We do have. Wait a minute. We have a draw. A draw. It doesn't happen often. But when it does, Gavin, yep. what the fuck do we do? All we can do is take the names of each of the beasts and put them into Google's image search mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and find out which is the most metal. Now, how we're going to do this online, I'm not sure. I guess we just all do it independently. I think one of us should do it and share screen. Somebody could share screen. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. That's a crack Chris? idea. Yep. Do you want me to do it? Yes, okay. yes Chris, you must do it for some reason. Right, let me... <laughs> Bring up. Let me, let me load these drivers that I've. <laughs> let me load a clean tab. <clears throat> what browser are you using for this? Sharing screen Tux. to Tux window. I'm using Google Chrome oh, on this occasion. Get that on Fedora. So Vittoria, V I T T O R I A, Dell, D E L, and then so P O Z Z O. Image, image search. Image, image, man, image, search. image search, please. What the fuck Can are you, you do doing? that? It'll probably pull. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, well, so we've got an old broad. Okay. Just an old broad, I guess you'd say, yeah. Save to pocket. Yeah, it's not, yeah. very, not very metal, right? Okay. I don't know. I mean, there's something. I mean, if you walked around dressed like that, it's pretty gothic. If it pans out and that's tattooed on a dead man's scrotum. <laughs> but unfortunately <laughs> it's not um, okay and the next one is Merga M-E-R-G-A B-I-E-N yeah that's the, the second one down there and hit those images baby oh it's a fucking castle 
<laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, it's a it's a metal old castle, like a covered in all sorts of ivy and trees, trees and that. Okay, so we're agreed. Mergia Bean wins this episode. Uh, Jerry, I'm sorry. Uh, someone always has to win these things. That means someone always has to lose. Yep, someone else has to eat shit and die. Someone else has to eat shoe crap. Only one thing left to say uh, then, is there not? What is real? The mega beer is, is real. Really good. <laughs> really good. People won't even be able to tell we're doing this over Skype. <laughs> yes, Chris. Uh, big out day energy drink. Brilliant. <laughs> yep. Yum. Had a very good time uh, recording this episode with all you mm, boys. I did too. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for for being here with me. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, why don't you give us a a, a, a listen <laughs> on the Patreon? Um, we have a Patreon at uh, patreon dot com forward slash geshcast. You can pledge yourself there and get the extra episode. <laughs> it's, it's simple. Born <laughs> bastards come back, man. I hate him. I love born bastard, man. So much. What's wrong with born bastard? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, that's the end of the episode, folks. Again, yes, please follow us on Twitter at Geshcast and uh, all that usual stuff. You know, if you like the show, you want to hear the extra one, get on the Patreon. If you don't, that's no skin off our fucking nose either. As we need the money, we bought mics. We did buy all the, the, the this this mic and that one that Chris has got down there, and that one that Phil's got there. Jerry had his own, obviously. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a penny of this money. Yeah, I brought my own. Nor should you. Why should Everyone you? else. Everybody else, that please, can I get a mic, please? <laughs> Stop doing really accurate impressions. Was that me? That's right, it's time to go. We've got to do a Patreon show real quick. And I've got okay. A... If you want to hear your the, the questions that got submitted, I put a thing up on Twitter. There's like seven questions, so we'll, we'll answer them on the Patreon. And I've got a brand new game. <gasps> Shit up my pipe! <laughs> I'll see you all later on. Fight the beef. Bye. Fight the beef. Fight the beef. <laughs>